25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah. Off and running on Reaction Monday. What is your reaction to what happened over the weekend? Call me, text me, let me know. You know, it was one of those things, um, Roger, where over the weekend you had these games where there there were certain things you thought were true about certain teams. You, You know, you felt like Florida... Ranked in the top 10. They haven't necessarily always looked like a top 10 team. They just keep winning. And Kentucky, you know, they played really well against Florida, a top 10 team, right? Or sort of, but didn't win. And State lost to Kansas State. You know, nobody gave Kansas State a whole lot of credit. And then last week, about this time, when the betting lines came out and State was a you know, pretty healthy favorite, a touchdown or more favorite. Everybody's like, really? Wow, boy. As it turns out, <laughs> Florida may not necessarily, if we go transitive property, Florida may not necessarily be one of the best 10 teams in the country. They just are winning. And they beat Kentucky. And sure enough, state's better than Kentucky. They are. Yeah, Kentucky beat them last year, but State's clearly better than Kentucky this year. And it's week, how many games are we into the season now? How many games is that? Four? Yeah, that was the fourth game of the year. So now you're starting to get a little more you know, cross-section of data on everybody. State, Ole Miss, everybody included. And I think what we're seeing... I think what we saw this weekend in college football, and I just wonder if there's anybody who agrees with me, and you feel free to tell me where I'm wrong in this, but this idea of top-heavy and that there's about two or three teams that are elite and then everybody else is just kind of pretty close. It's just kind of like you can take the, the team that's ranked number 20 in the country And there's a whole bunch of teams, a bunch of teams that aren't even ranked, according to the polls, who if they played each other, those unranked teams are not only probably going to win, they're probably favored going in. It's just like a big old mush (laughs) of teams that are a lot alike, that aren't really separated all that much. You saw the example, right? State, last week, State was ranked in the top 25. Kansas State unranked, went in there and beat them. They flip-flopped. Now Kansas State's ranked. Kansas State didn't even play anybody and moved up in the coaches' poll, if you want to look at that. Cal, talk about how good their secondary is. and all. They didn't look that great at Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is not a great team, but 
it looked to me that if they played each other 10 times, Ole Miss would hang in there right with them for 10 games if they played that much. I mean, it's just not that big of a difference. And Cal came in there ranked in the top 25. So you just came away from it this weekend going, you know, and, and to Notre Dame's credit, they hang in there with Georgia. They did. They really played well and hung in there with Georgia. On the road. Tough atmosphere at Georgia. But, you know, I mean, I'm not sure Georgia's playing like a well-oiled machine right now. Alabama is. Oklahoma is. LSU. Clemson. For the most part, I you know, Trevor Lawrence hadn't been that great. And Ohio State. Who am I leaving out? Those, I think you have those five teams that they are the class of college football. And frankly, they're, did I say Georgia? And there may be a great big old gap between those teams and just frankly everybody else. And when I say everybody else, everybody's all just there. You could take, take any of those teams that are from spots 15 through 20 or 15 through 25 in your favorite poll and you can easily find unranked teams that you could just interchange them and you got about the same thing. Maybe it's that way every year, but to me more so this year it looks like it's really top-heavy in college football. Let me do it again. Alabama-Clemson. You know, again, Clemson, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. He's turned it over just a little bit. But Alabama-Clemson-Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, they're six. You want to throw Notre Dame in there? I mean, they lost. They went in there. They hung in there with Georgia on the road. Six or seven teams, and it's their deal, man. The whole this whole championship thing—it's exactly, it is exactly what Tim Brando said in the preseason. It's about the six or seven teams, and we know that's the group. That's where the champions are in terms of the college football playoff. It's in it. It's so top heavy. It's those we already know it ahead of time. I mean, Ole Miss, you're getting ready to play Alabama. Any any hope? No, sir. And and it's it's that's just it's those those that group of six or seven teams is where the championship contenders are coming from. That's it. That's them. And then it's everybody else. Again, look at Florida. Florida kind of I know they had a quarterback injury in the middle of their game against Kentucky, but you know they had to fight scratch and claw to pull away from that Kentucky team in Lexington. They're ranked in the top ten. They don't look like a juggernaut, do they? They're good, but by no means do they look like a juggernaut. What if that Florida team who's ranked in the top 10 played an SEC Western Division schedule? I'm not picking on Florida. I'm using them as an example. They got a lot of Gator friends. Tell me that. What if that Gator team that we're told is a top 10 team, what if they played an SEC Western Division schedule? All right, so we're going to get to see them play Auburn, right? We're going to get to see that because that's happening in a couple of weeks. Of course, they're going to play LSU, and LSU's going to beat the, you know what, out of Florida in that ballgame. But what if Florida also played A&M? Florida also played Alabama, Mississippi State. What if? A little bit of a different deal, isn't it? All right, so there's my diatribe to start you off. It was a heck of a weekend in college football. It really was. On a Reaction Monday, I'd like to know what you think. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show, including you can text me on the text line 
It's a little redundant, right? Text me on the text line. Sounds like a, a song. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, it's right over my shoulder right here. You can text the show 885-ESPN. The number is 885-3776. You could also call me. I'd love to hear your voice today on Reaction Monday on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. It is 995-1059. Got it? 601 number 995-1059. Garrett Schrader, true freshman quarterback, Mississippi State, is named SEC Freshman of the Week. The school put out their uh, SEC Freshman of the Week according to the conference. They put out the conference awards. And um, the school put out there, that's the first time ever that a true freshman at Mississippi State has been named Freshman of the Week in the SEC. He goes out, completed, what, 71 72% of his throws, ran the ball really well for over 100 yards, and led his team to an SEC win. So here's a question for you. Call me and let me know. If you were the coach and you had two healthy quarterbacks at Mississippi State, Tommy Stevens and Garrett Schrader. Listen to the question. If you were the coach and you had two healthy quarterbacks at Mississippi State, Tommy Stevens and Garrett Schrader, who are you playing against Auburn? Huh? Who are you going to play? Like Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? Who are you going to play? Let me know. A couple of your texts here. Oh, you can also tweet me. Feel free. Feel free to tweet me, at Radio Wyatt. Uh... Jared on Twitter says, walking the streets of Austin, Texas in my Hale State football shirt and getting a bunch of Hale State yells. Bulldog family is awesome. That was just a few minutes ago. What you doing out there? Jared, you got there quick. I just saw you in Starkville on Saturday. And he gets around. He really gets around. All right, let's go to the phone. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, your Kubota dealer. Go to DaviniEquipment.com or stop by. Madison and in Jackson. Speaking of Madison, that's where Cameron is. Hey, Cameron, what's up? Man, not much. Just making a quick uh, Starbucks run for the office. How's it going, guys? Attaboy. Attaboy. Guzzle, <laughs> guzzle it down. You need <laughs> you know, it on a, the, on a Monday morning. It's the small things, right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think if I'm if I'm Warhead, you know, the first thing I'm looking at is, is the offensive flow and – um, the consistency and maybe, you know, how, how the energy looked out there on the field with uh, Schrader under center. And I, I think, um, you know, ultimately he's going to do what's best for the team. And just objectively speaking, you know, I think that right now um, the play is Schrader. I'm not saying that Stevens doesn't have in his tool belt to go out there and lead these guys down the field for points. Um, and he is a veteran, so he's got more experience. However, I think teams at this point in the season, as you open SEC play, they start to look around and see who's that leader, see who's got, who's got it, kind of got the guys yelling on offense, who's got the crowd into it, things like that. And I think all signs truly do point to Schrader. Um, he does give you that one-two punch. Uh, I think with his feet and, and through the air, he shows some of that. And, and as the season goes on, he'll get a little bit more accurate, even though um, we're, we're sitting here with an embarrassment of riches with 77% completion percentage last weekend. That's something we haven't seen in Starville or much less from Mississippi State um, in quite some time now. So um, if I'm Moorhead, I'm, I'm sitting 
for Schrader, that, that's just what I feel like, you know, it's best for the team at this point. But, again, it doesn't really matter to me, but I just wanted to call and give you my take. Yeah, I really appreciate the call, Cameron. Thank you very much. Appreciate you listening. Enjoy your coffee. And, and, and Cameron, if you're a coffee drinker, uh, do, do yourself a favor. Get some that's locally roasted right here in New Albany, Mississippi at High Point Roasters. My friend Dan the Coffee Man will hook you up. All right? Go to highpointroasters.com and order yours. You'll like it if you're a coffee drinker. All right, so Cameron calls in, and he is a vote for Schrader to be the team's quarterback going forward even if Tommy Stevens is healthy. So one vote for Schrader. That's from Cameron on the phone. 995-1059. It is a 601 number. All right, let me get to some texts, okay? A bunch of those coming in like this, just popping up like popcorn all over the place. Patrick says, even with a healthy Tommy, is there anything in you that thinks Garrett should get the start over Tommy? You know, I, I, le- I, I tend to lean on the veteran and the more experienced thrower because as you get into conference play, these D coordinators are really going to start to jockey with you in coverage and disguising stuff. But the thing that makes it an interesting conversation is Tommy Stevens is a good runner, okay? Like I've told you before, you go back and look how they use him at Penn State. There's no... There's no lack of athleticism with Tommy Stevens. They played him at receiver. Tommy Stevens caught touchdown passes in Big Ten games at Penn State as a receiver. They handed him the ball in the backfield on certain packages and stuff. But with that said, Garrett Schrader is faster. He may be even more more elusive. He showed some of that Saturday as well, but he's also faster. So probably more of a threat running the ball than, say, Tommy Stevens is. And given that I'm a guy who watched Mississippi State have a lot of success under Dan Mullen with running quarterbacks who ran the ball a lot by design, defenses have such a hard time accounting for the quarterback. So I kind of am having a hard time with answering the question right now. Somebody texted in and said, Legend says Ole Miss never loses a party. They're flirting with breaking that record. What? Well, is it really a record or is it just a local legend in the, to begin with? Uh, this says, who out of those six or seven teams at this point looks like the most well-rounded team? The one that I mentioned, when you say well-rounded, how can we say it's LSU of the top-tier teams in the country? How can we say LSU looks the most well-rounded with that descriptor, when their defense goes out and gives up 30-something points to Vanderbilt. Now, I know their offense is going off, but their defense has not made them look um, just ready to go walk all over everybody yet. Um, I know there's been a hiccup or two in terms of what Alabama's looked like, but I just have to say that I think to this point Alabama has looked like the most well-rounded. Of course, Clemson right there also. But another week or two, let's say this, though, because of their offense, well-rounded or not, LSU can beat anybody in a, in a country, period. Can they beat LSU? Yeah. I mean, Alabama, can LSU beat Alabama? Yes. Run, tell them I said it. Because of their offense, can LSU beat Clemson? Yes. 
Y'all go tell him I said it. Jeremy says he would play Tommy if he's healthy and save the Garrett Schrader red shirt. I got one of those nods on uh, Twitter. Pope on Twitter said, I'm playing Stevens. I don't want to burn up Schrader's eligibility unless absolutely needed. Let's go back to the phone. Divinity Equipment phone line in Jackson. Grumpy. How you feeling today, hey, man. Grumpy? Man, I'm feeling great. I had a great weekend. Was, good. You know, just... Thoroughly enjoyed the Bulldogs Saturday. Uh, I would have to go with Tommy Stevens. Why is that? Save Schrader. I love Schrader. Schrader is actually from my hometown, Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, save him for the future. Okay. All right. So you're saying get Tommy healthy and just play him. And if you can keep a red shirt on Tommy Stevens with the four, I mean, with Garrett Schrader with the four game rule, you would do that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Appreciate that. I, one other thing, I want I wanted to pass on. If you'll pass it on to your fellow broadcasters up there, really enjoy all the post game stuff that y'all do. Mm-hmm. Just just really enjoyed that Saturday. Uh, okay. Of course, it it's so much better because uh, we won. But sure. I always enjoy all y'all's post game stuff. Well, I'll definitely and, pass uh, enjoy it on. all the stuff that y'all do during the game. Yeah, thank you, Grumpy. I'll definitely but, pass uh, it along to yep. Neil and uh, and Bart and Charlie and everybody. Appreciate the kind words. Absolutely. Listen, and, and we're looking forward to seeing you at Char in a couple of weeks. That's it. Won't be long. Um, so if you're... I've, I've got my tickets, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to see you. I'm going to bring a uh, little souvenir from your Cotton Bowl days and uh, get you to sign it for me. Hey, that would be great. It would be my pleasure. I can't wait to see you there. Thank looking, you. Looking forward. Yep. Listen, y'all have a great week in uh, Hale State. Yeah, you too, Grumpy. Hale State to you. Thank you. Um, he mentioned there, it's a good chance for me to mention to you, still just a handful of tickets left if you want to come and join us for dinner in Jackson at Char Restaurant on October 3rd. We're going to have food. Your ticket will cover your meal. So we're going to eat together. We're going to talk football throughout the night. We're going to do some Q&A and some scout and then a little three keys to victory type thing. And then we're going to watch film together, you and I. We will actually watch some film together, game film that is, and learn a little bit together. So um, looking forward to that. If you want to go and you don't have a ticket, you can get one. Go to my website, mattwyattmedia.com, and just go to the events tab. Click on that and get your ticket right there. Look forward to seeing you. Grumpy will be the one with the Snow White. You know (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> and, and the, six other short guys. What are the, What if I looked in the deal there and I see that somebody named Grumpy bought eight tickets? <laughs> what I mean, wouldn't that would be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? We love us, Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and I was fooled because his name was Grumpy. I said, "How are you doing?" He said, "Oh, I had a great weekend. Just great." He wasn't. Yeah. Gr- he was not Grumpy at all, was he? You know, you know how nicknames are. Oh, Tiny. Yeah. That's right. He's always huge. Go the opposite way. That's right. I have a buddy, um, buddy of mine that I used to do a lot of tournament fishing with and around, and just a great guy named Johnny Raspberry up here in Tupelo. Johnny, what's a cool, cool name? Johnny Raspberry, yeah. yeah Johnny, uh, he Johnny's the kind of guy <clears throat> who every time you see him, every day is either the best day he's ever had or the worst day he's ever had. Everything that ever happened to Johnny was either the best thing that has ever happened or maybe the worst that's ever happened. 
Was he bipolar? <laughs> no, he's not bipolar. Great guy, but it was always funny. He's like, man, I just had the best fishing day I've ever had in my life. And then you talk to him two days later. How'd it go? Matt, it's the worst fishing day I've ever had, ever. <laughs> I mean, it's like that all the time. Everything's uh, black and white. with this That's thing. exactly right. No in-between. Hey, uh, by the way, I, I was, when Grumpy was complimenting you in your post-game show. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you'll need to go to 10 hours like Alabama. <laughs> we're not going to do a 10-hour post-game show. You got show. quality, not quantity. And yeah. We're not getting paid enough for that kind of stuff now. <laughs> I promise you. Uh, yeah, we enjoy the post-game, especially after wins. We go to Bulldog Burger. Bart hosts it. Charlie Winfield's in with us this year. And uh, and I get to that place get crowded. You know it can it depend. Well, you think about it like it was pretty pretty well crowded, but you get a big crowd where you have a sellout crowd, and you play about a three o'clock game or even one of those six p.m. games. Then the post game is going to be super crowded uh, there because it's really short walking distance from campus. All right, text line. I'm going to get to let's see the mailman. Um, more cowbell, Nick Fluffy about. Eight different unnamed textures being a part of this conversation. Who are you going to play? Who are you going to play? And a bunch of tweets coming in about it as well. At Radio Wyatt. That's me on Twitter. We're going to get to some of that. Also, I want you to hear some of the post-game interview with Joe Moorhead. There's some interesting stuff in there about that play that sealed the game with Garrett Schrader running and how legitimately fast that kid is. I want you to hear all that coming up here on the show. In Hour 1 of Reaction Monday. Stick around in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right, back. Continuing along here on Reaction Monday on the show. Hey to everybody on Facebook. Appreciate all the comments in the early part. Peyton on Facebook says, is quarterback Keaton Thompson in the doghouse with the coaches? He played very well when he'd been in last year or so. Can't he run a wildcat or jet sweep every once in a while? Would love to see him get some playing time. Again, Peyton, my understanding, and even the way it looked during pregame warmups on Saturday, if you watch, he's dressed out, but I think he's emergency only because his right arm is giving him trouble. His throwing arm. Something's not right. I don't think he's anywhere near 100%. Every pass he threw in pregame warmups, he's doing this and he's like, you know, trying to get that elbow going and. I just and I'd been told that he wasn't healthy, and I do believe it after kind of watching some things. So that's kind of what I see. All right, a couple things to get to here. Reminder: Reaction Monday. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, you can see the numbers here. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line nine nine five one zero five nine 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 five one zero five nine. It's open to you. You can also text me. At 885-ESPN, that's 885-3776. If you want to tweet, tweet a deep, tweet away. 
on Twitter, Desert Dog says he'd play Stevens if he's completely healthy. A little more maturity with decision-making, but it's close. Uh, Tom, if both are 100% healthy, I'm playing Stevens this week due to being on the road in a hostile environment. And maybe play Schrader a series here or there, but not sure if Moorhead operates that way or not. Desert Dog, but it would be great to have both healthy. No doubt, right? That'd be a great problem to have is two healthy quarterbacks. Matt on Twitter. You can't worry about the red shirt on Schrader at this point. I agree with that. At, at this point, if it happens, if it works out, you look up at the end of the year and you go, hey, look at there, you kept your red shirt. Well, great, fine. But in terms on coaching around it or planning on it, no way. Matt went on to say when Tommy is healthy, he needs to play. Six Pack Speak on Twitter said that final run by Schrader had a Nick Fitzgerald 2018 Texas A&M feel to it. And Chad responded to that and said it looked like the same play call. On that, I'm going to let you hear uh, what Coach Moorhead said after the game about that third down and four play call where Schrader then went off on this 46-yard run or 49-yard run, whatever it was, to effectively seal the game shut. I'm going to let you hear that in a bit. First, though, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the whole U.S., the whole country. That means Divinity has been doing it better longer than anyone else. Double B on the phone line. What's up, man? Hey, Matt. Hey, man. Hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about Willie Gay. Let's do it. Um, man, I, I was glad to have him back. And I was a little scared when he when he got the first unsportsmanlike on him. But then uh, a couple of times after that, right before the half, well, one time when we made a stop right before the half, I looked down and I was kind of sitting above about the 20-yard line, and we had made a stop, and he was doing an end zone dance, <laughs> almost off the field, but about, you know, he, he was he was still on the playing surface. Mm-hmm. And one of the coaches came over there and almost drug him off the field by his collar. Yeah. And then it wasn't long after that he got his second and was, you know, ejected out of the game. What, is, what does that say for the discipline you know, you got a player who you're glad to have back and make a big impact as he did, but then gets thrown out on unsportsmanlike and almost got thrown out earlier than he did if they had just seen him uh, celebrate. Mm. You know, um, to me, you know, there is a fine line. There's a part of me that as a former player, I, I love – a guy who almost has too much energy. Like you're trying to pull him back, hold him back, as opposed to having to get him revved up. Okay, that's preferable. And Willie is, in mine and many people's opinion, the best overall athlete on that entire team. Well, I agree. You okay. can't afford to do without him. Well, sure, that's right. You can't afford to do without him. And, and so what I think is... Just his presence is a big jolt, but he's also an energy guy. And he went too far. There's no question he went too far. The 
getting the first one because you're celebrating so hard that you pull your helmet off. <laughs> well, you just lose it. So he's got to find, if you'll remember, you remember that play in the Egg Bowl where he made that big play? I guess it was an interception last year in the Egg Bowl, set up state um, in scoring position in the red zone and then got a celebration penalty right after that. They still had the ball, but right. it backed him up 15 yards. So what he is is outside of he gets too excited. Outside of that, if you could just trim off the – the two part, too excited. He gets too excited. He does. Outside of that, he's exactly what you want. One of the best linebackers in the country. And there's no such thing as Willie Gay coming out of the locker room flat. That never happens. Now what they've got to do with him is is this has to set in with him that on game day, you can be excited, but you can't be too excited. But in terms of a discipline thing, I don't think you have a discipline issue. I thought you, maybe you did early last year when they went had all those penalties at Kansas State, and then Kentucky did a lot of jawing at Kentucky last year and got stayed into some, you know, extracurricular act, uh, uh, penalties and really got them out of out of sync. This year is a team that did a pretty decent job with it, and uh, but Willie was the one example, and I just think that's an individual that they've got to work on with him. That's well, my that's like my answer. That was our. That seemed like that was our overall goal was to not jaw back because you heard yeah. Joe Moorhead had told them, you know, turn your back, walk away. Right. It, no so, doubt. No I doubt. I thought maybe there was it. a there was a there was a threat that they knew about going in that hey, we have a problem keeping our cool, keeping our head in the game. Well, I think so, it was last year. I think they yeah. they came out of that game last year in Lexington knowing that Kentucky had drawn them in. To some stupid stuff, you know. Kentucky pulled them in by running their mouth, and State gave into that, which you can't give into that. And so that was part of their message with this football team, uh, that, you know, playing right. that same opponent okay. this year. Yeah, appreciate the call, Double B. Thank you. Thanks. Right. Let's see. I think we have here are the highlights from the game. Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs on the radio from Learfield IMG. This is what it sounded like on the radio. And Devontae Jason wide right. Handoff Hill trying to get the corner. Catches a great block from Thomas to free him to the 10. Hurdles for the pylon. Waiting on a signal. Touchdown Touchdown Bulldogs. Kylan Hill goes over the top for six. Takes a snap, fakes a pitch, runs straight ahead, a lot of room for Garrett, 25, 30, catches a block, 40, angling left, 50, to the Kentucky 45, and gets tripped up by Yusuf Corker as he rolls out of bounds on the left sideline at the UK 43-yard line. A huge play, an explosive play for Garrett Schrader, gain of 36, first down, Bulldog. Two receivers tied each way. Schrader didn't see a man coming off his left. Makes him miss. Makes another miss. Now he's going to run. Angling right 30, 25, and he gets wrapped up just shy of the 21-yard line. Schrader dancing in the backfield with two white jerseys running at him. Able to make. And we'll get to some more of that in a bit. A few of the highlights from Neil Price. We're in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Yo! Continuing right along in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Why is everybody so obsessed with playing two quarterbacks at the same time? <laughs> two quarterbacks at the same time, man. There, that's a that's an office space reference right there. Anybody's ever watched that movie? Yeah, two quarterbacks. I, look, it's never going to – well, I say never. Somebody will do it, but more or less, somebody's going to have a receiver or running back who they train to throw the ball, and then it's really going to get interesting. Nobody's really done that yet. But uh, – Everybody asks about that. Wes tweeted me a minute ago. He said, are you opposed to running a two-quarterback system? It can cause pre-snap, let's see, pre-snap, give other options. Yeah, they did it some at Penn State, you know, with Tommy Stevens. Like I said, it does give you some options to throw the ball. That It's just impossible to, it seems like, to practice it enough to really, really get it fluid. But everybody seems obsessed with putting two quarterbacks on the field at one time. Look, there are like 100 texts here on the text line I want to get to, but I also want to get to a couple of other things. I want to finish. Here's some more highlights from the game. Neil Price on the call from Learfield IMG. Both miss, and he turns nothing into something as he takes the ball down to the 22-yard line for a gain of nine. Daniel creeps up near the line on second and goal. The handoff is to Hill, and he walks in. Kylan Hill untouched from two yards out. The clock ticks down to 3.05 to play in the third. Schrader looking to throw. Fires up the right side. Dedrick Thomas pulls it in for a first down across the 40-yard line. Schrader with Hill to his right. Makes a handoff. Hill runs straight ahead. He's got the first down. 35-40 into the open field. 50. It's a foot race down the left sideline. Schrader 30-20 and knocked down from behind and out of bounds at the 20-yard line. 143 to go in the game. Schrader hands off Hill, running left, pushing, diving. Did he get in? Yes! Touchdown, Mississippi State! Kylan Hill scores his third rushing touchdown of the game with 139 to go. Those highlights from Learfield IMG, Neil Price on the call for Mississippi State. The mailman in Jackson texts the show. He says, great weekend, State won, TSUN lost, Saints win, two of the three division rivals lose. And no, Saints. Nobody saw that coming. All of a sudden, the Saints hosting the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football has a whole different paint job on it, doesn't it? Holy mackerel. Somebody texted in and said, is the big orange pumpkin trying to make himself Tennessee's next football coach? Let me tell you something. Philip Fulmer has hung around that university and sabotaged and done whatever else he had to do because this entire time, for going on how many years now? How many years are we going on? 15 years? Wants to coach Tennessee again. There's no question about it. Somebody texted the show and said, State, um, uh, well, Fooey, that's an old one. This person votes for Stevens and one vote Plumley, huh? You want to play. Is it John Rice? Is that how you pronounce it? John Rice Plumley at Ole Miss? That kid was fast. They put him in the game. He ran all over the place, did some stuff. Um, 
Everybody's saying, uh, well, let's see. Somebody texted in and said uh, some are forgetting how good Tommy looked when he's healthy, and he did. A healthy 100% Tommy Stevens gives you a whole different arsenal in your passing game just because of ex- experience and, and ability to run the pass game. I'll get to some more of your texts. Right now, Divinity Equipment phone line. Jeff, hanging on the phone. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Matt, this is Jeff. Uh, you're a former quarterback. You know what it takes to be one. And I know Tommy Stevens is good. But what I've seen of this kid, Schrader, so far, uh, he's lights out. I just want to hang up and hear what you have to say about it. Appreciate the call, Jeff. Schrader has played really well. And part of it is because he's so fast. I I don't. I knew he could run. You watch his highlight deal. He can really run in high school. I didn't know that he was as cool and calm and elusive back there when people get around him. They they didn't blitz him a whole lot in the game, and I can't. You know, I think that after the game, a lot of Kentucky fans are probably going, "Why didn't we blitz more?" Like they blitzed a couple of times. One time they hit it, but I think it's also because they show he showed you a couple of times that when people get back there. He really could make a miss, and maybe they had some stuff in their scout that knew that. You know, these coaches at these SEC schools, they uncover everything. There's almost nothing they don't uncover about a player. And maybe they knew what kind of runner he was, and so they felt better trying to rush three and play coverage against a true freshman than blitz him and give him a way to run out of it because he ran out of it and made a bunch of plays anyway throughout the game. So that's just one theory. Now, we have time to do this, and I want you to hear this. Listen closely. Uh, let's see. Let me tell you how long this thing is uh, in total. It, it's pretty long here, but but about a couple minutes into this post-game conversation, and we're going to get to this point, I want you to hear it. A couple minutes into this post-game conversation with Neil Price, Joe Moorhead talks about Garrett Schrader's speed and what they've clocked him at. I hope we have time to get to it, though. But here's a post-game interview with Joe Moorhead and uh, Neil Price. Garrett Schrader in as your starting quarterback for the first time in his career. Let's start with him. What would you like about how he played today? You know, aside from taking that sack and the fumble in the red zone and the ball that he sailed over Cyrus' head there in the two-minute drill, I thought he made good decisions. Uh, he created explosive plays with his arms and his legs and just exuded a kind of you know, confidence that the older guys rally around. So, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming and for him to be able to go out on the field and play the way I anticipated for for a long time. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for uh, his his fa- his family. I mean, he's he's a good kid, but most importantly, I'm happy for the team. 17 out of 22. That's 77 percent passing today, and you're going up against a defense that has had some success getting some pass rush. They certainly yeah. did against Florida last week. So, what was what was the goal for Garrett early to kind of help him get into a rhythm and and get him adjusted to the speed he was going to be facing today? Yeah, it kind of starts with the run game. You got to get that going, and you know we came out in 12 personnel, which we haven't showed a ton of in that kind of condensed snug formation. It felt like that was able to balance the defense out a little bit and get him into some quick throws and getting it out of his hands. So that early on, we wanted to get, get some confidence throws for him before we started pushing it down the field a little bit. As soon as Garrett took off running on that third and four on the final drive uh, State had the ball, he, he said, this is a great call. Help me understand what's going through your mind at that point, third and four, to put the ball in his hands and let him make not just a first down with his legs, but what turns into a huge play with his legs. Who said that? Matt White. Oh, upstairs t- with tell me. him I said thank you. <laughs> He's listening. Uh, good. Hey, Matt. Uh, no, with uh, you know, with what they were doing and, and with the way they were fast flowing the backers, uh, you know, I, I thought the play was actually kind of reminiscent of Nick's play against uh, 
Texas, Texas A&M. A&M. So yeah. Garrett got caught, but yeah, it, it's one of our traditional. It's one of our staple runs. We call Power Sucker, where we block power, we read the place out inside backer, and uh, he flows fast over the top to take the uh, sweep away. What Kylan, the quarterback, pulls it and gets north south, and if he hangs, we hand it off. And uh, you know, he made the right read, and the safety and the backer actually, you know, both flew out of there, and the line did a great job cutting the defense. The puller come through and. Uh, you know, it turned out pretty well. Yeah, you know, I used to use the term when we talked about Nick Fitzgerald that he was deceptively fast. He was built more like a tight end when he would run in the open field. Garrett Schrader. All right, I'm going to pause it right here. This is the deal. Here's the question and the answer where uh, Moorhead's going to actually give you a little clue as to what they think Garrett Schrader's kind of top-end speed is, and it might surprise you. He gets into the open field, shows us that he's got some wheels. I mean, is that always something that's been a part of his game? No, he's time faster. I mean, when we had him, I mean, we've had him on the clock at, when we were recruiting him at, at like high 4.5, sorry, low 4.5, high 4.4. So hey, maybe he's, that beard's weighing him down. we got to shave that thing so he don't get caught. <laughs> hey, his helmet stayed on again. It sure did. Yeah, his helmet. All right, so you heard that? He said that in recruiting, and now I don't know – I didn't catch if he said they timed him in recruiting or if it was after he had gotten to state they timed him. But this kid's 6'4", 220 pounds, and, and has these real long strides and says that they have timed him at low 4'5", high 4'4", 40-yard dash speed. And if you, if you know and have followed it, obviously hand times are a little quicker than when they put them on the laser at like the NFL Combine. But I'm not sure a lot of people heard that. I heard it because it stood out to me because you're watching him on the field and it, it, it because of the long stride and he's so tall, it may not look like he's moving that fast and then he's just going around people. They can't catch him. You know, he's getting to the edge and then on that one run, he gets to the next level and beats a corner to the edge and turns it into a 49-yard run. Anyway, I wanted you to hear that. Um, pretty significant that you have a big 6'4 kid who they have timed him low 4'5", high 4'4", Type speed. That's that is that's elite speed for a guy that size. No, for for a guy any size, it's elite speed. You've had a lot of NFL corners and defensive backs who've gone to the combine and run four six and gotten drafted. <clears throat> All right, so here we go. Text line. We got time to do this before the music starts. Unnamed texter. No, this is Patrick. He says Schrader seems like he just has the it factor. More Cowbell says, also you saw Schrader make a few freshman mistakes this past weekend. Yes, you did. The pick late in the first half, the sack fumble where he kind of held on it a little too long. Somebody texted in and said, Florida is the Michigan of the SEC. LSU is going to boat race them. I don't think they're that bad at all. I mean, remember, Florida boat raced Michigan in the bowl game just a few months ago. All right, hour two coming up. All you on the text line, Chase and Zach and everybody, I'm coming to your texts and get your phone calls in. We'll do all this again in hour two, right around the corner in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 